Let us open our worship this morning by turning to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. We have here a parable by the prophet Isaiah to the nation of Israel in the house of Judah, the church of God of the Old Testament. And it has an interesting way of describing the Lord's examination of his church and what he was looking for compared to what he received. Isaiah chapter 5. I'm going to read the first seven verses to you. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved, touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it, and gathered out the stones thereof, and planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a winepress therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. Amen and amen. Amen. I preached two sermons to you from this passage back in May of 2009. The Lord compares us, the church of the Old Testament, were a church of the New Testament to a vineyard. And he has said that he put the vineyard in a very fruitful hill. He fenced it. He gathered the stones out. He planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it for it to bear a lot of fruit for wine, which is the purpose of a vineyard. But when he came looking for grapes that were suitable for wine, sweet, plump, nutritious, full, moist grapes, he got those little scrawny, sour, bitter grapes that grow in the wild. The wild can't produce anything like domesticated grapes. And that isn't for you to mind to be thinking about right now, except other than to accept and to go forward. But the Lord was looking for some domesticated grapes that would produce great wine, and instead he found wild grapes. The little dried up, basically worthless things that nature itself produces without help. He had done all the help possible for it. And he asks, and he asks us, what more could I do for you? 
He has done so much more for us than he ever did for the house of Israel or the house of Judah. So we should, we should certainly be giving him some excellent grapes. He's not asking for diamonds. He's just asking for some little sacks of sweet liquid. Do you think we can squeeze ourselves today and come up with something sweet for him? Amen. Yesterday doesn't matter. You need to confess yesterday and last week and last month and last year and the rest of your life up to this point. You can't commit to him tomorrow. You can't give him tomorrow because it's not here yet. And we're not to make our boast of tomorrow. We have right now. We have the next few hours to give him something sweet. And it's a choice to do it. If you have in your Bible the introduction that is given by the King James translators, I want to read it to you for those that don't have it. Because in this particular case, it is a very nice outline of Isaiah chapter 5. Under the parable of a vineyard, God excuseth excuseth his severe judgment. That starts at verse 2 and runs to verse 8. His judgments upon covetousness in verses 8 through 10. At verse 11, his judgments upon lasciviousness in verse 12. Then at verse 13, his judgments upon impiety. And at verse 20 down through 25, his judgments on injustice. At verse 26, the executioners of God's judgments. Because from verse 26 to the end of the chapter, verse 30, those five verses describe the Assyrians and the Babylonians coming to lay the nation desolate for their sins. Their sins of injustice, impiety, that's not having a sober, reverent, glad approach to his worship, lasciviousness, which is worldliness and carnality, and their covetousness. For instance, their covetousness starts in verse 8. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, that buy up all the property to get rid of their neighbors so that they can have a big estate all to themselves. It goes on to describe that in three verses right there. Their covetousness. And it works through a number of sins, five of them, about this nation and then the executioners that are coming. But the point we want is that we're his vineyard. He put us in a fruitful hill. He planted us with a choice vine. It's his grace in our lives and the death of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for us. And he came looking for grapes, and all he found were wild grapes, worldly grapes, carnal grapes, lazy grapes, withdrawn grapes, perfunctory grapes. Where are the passionate grapes? Where is the sweetness of men delighting in him and dancing with all their might like David did? Those are the kind of grapes we want to give the Lord. The grapes that are wild in the Bible are referred to in another place in Ezekiel as sour grapes, which have set the teeth on edge. That's what you get from nature without domestication, setting your teeth on edge. Sometimes you might run into a decent wild grape, but not ordinarily. And when you run into a domesticated vineyard, every grape is good, except the few that, have may, that may have been infected or eaten by fowl. He has done more for us than he ever did for Israel or Judah, and we are very blessed. We should give him the best grapes ever. Why would we want to settle for anything less than the best grapes ever? 
that when he squeezes us today, or let's just go ahead and squeeze ourselves for him, right. we give him the best he's ever had. Really? Why not? He deserves it. It'd be our pleasure. It's win-win to give him our best. The Bible says that our Father in heaven is seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. We have the truth. We're not going to change a thing about the truth today. We are not the Galatians that have been bewitched away from the truth to add the works of Moses to the finished work of Christ. We are not the Samaritans that are in Mount Gerizim aping what's going on in Jerusalem, both of them being wrong. We have the truth, so guess what's left? Your spirit and my spirit. And that isn't the Holy Spirit, though we're going to call upon the Holy Spirit to be with our spirit. It's for us to reach inside and give him our inner man, our new man, our spirit, and delight and love him like we should. Amen. We can do this. Sweet grapes are grapes of first love. David-like grapes. Passionate, infectious, zealous, heartfelt, rejoicing, fruitful, very glad and cheerful grapes. Everything I've been teaching for the last couple of years on the traits of David. Wild grapes are lukewarm, cold, saw-like, perfunctory, going through the motions, carnal, worldly, discontented, withdrawn, fruitless. You're worthless. You're sour. You're wild. You're dried up. You're bitter. He's looking for some sweet grapes. It's a choice right now. We can't go back. We can't go forward. We can go right now. We can confess wild grapes in less than a minute and have it entirely cleared and give him the best grapes possible. Amen. Lord, help us to do that. What a privilege to be his vineyard, the Lord's vineyard. And he comes looking for grapes. He's not looking for diamonds. He's just looking for some grapes. Can we give him a little sweetness? Let's do it. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thou art our well-beloved, our beloved Father in heaven, and we are your vineyard. And we thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have chosen us to be your vineyard and that you put us in a fruitful hill, the hill of Mount Zion, and you've given us a choice vine to get started with, and you have nourished us and taken out the stones and the rocks and hedged us about and kept us and nourished us and nurtured us. And we thank thee and praise thee, Lord God of heaven, for all that thou hast done toward us. We thank thee for the gift of thy love in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the husbandman of this vineyard, the one who owns it and tends to it. We thank thee for the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the bishop of our souls, the head of this church and the foundation of it. Heavenly Father, forgive us. Forgive us for every time, every day, in or out of this house. But every time we have come into your worship and have been less than the best, we've been wild, we've been carnal, we've been dull. We've lost our first love. We've been lukewarm. We've been worldly. We've gone through the motions. We've been perfunctory. Oh, Heavenly Father, forgive us. 
We confess it. We confess it, O Lord, in our shame to tell thee that we know that we have been so. Forgive us and have mercy upon us. We thank thee for the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was passionate from beginning to end, from 12 years of age to hanging on the cross of Calvary. He was passionate to do your will. He willingly laid down his life. He maintained his hope and faith in thee, though his body was laid in the grave for three days. Let us be like him. Help us, Heavenly Father. Now, O Lord, send thy spirit upon our spirits and revive us again and lift us up in the house of the Lord. As it has already been prayed, we pray again. Heavenly Father, let us give thee the best grapes and the best juice. Let us give thee wine that will bring pleasure to your soul and put gladness in your heart as you see and hear our worship this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee to be in Thy house. And we're, we want to give Thee all that we have. Heavenly Father, we want to give Thee the attention of our minds and the affection of our hearts, the passion and zeal of our spirits. We want to sing boldly, aggressively, warmly, intimately to Thee. We want to delight ourselves in Thy Word as its pages are opened, including this passage. Heavenly Father, be with us and help us receive our sacrifice and our offering and make it acceptable through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In and of ourselves, we cannot do it, but with your blessing, we will and can do it. Have mercy upon us. Be with all your congregations and bless them this day, O Lord, however you have led their pastors to introduce and to lead them this day that they might also give thee refreshment and joy on earth for the salvation that you have brought to them. We pray for those scattered sheep that are everywhere, that you will be with them as well, O Lord, and draw nigh to them as they draw nigh to thee. While they feel lonely without a congregation, bless them with your presence and make up the difference by the power of the Holy Spirit. We give thee praise and glory that we can be called thy children through the Lord Jesus Christ and your predestinating grace. Now we want to give thee the sacrifice of our lips. Praise unto thee through the Lord Jesus. Hear us and receive it, Heavenly Father, and have mercy upon us. Send your Spirit continually. Fill us with him that we might not just today but tomorrow and every day you give us be the grapes that you look for from your vineyard. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.